You're listening to Nick Luck Daily. This edition is brought to you by Fitzdares, by the Racehorse Owners Association, and by Thoroughbred Racing Commentaries Global Rankings. Good evening, thank you for tuning in to episode 24 of the Saturday edition of the Nick Luck Daily Podcast. With me, Charlotte Greenway, it's Friday the 21st of January. This week the podcast kicked off by discussing the possible return of jump racing to Windsor Racecourse, for which Nicky Henderson and Kim Bailey more than gave their blessings to, and Dave Yates joined Nick on Monday to explain why he thought it was a no-brainer for the owners of the Berkshire Base Course, ARC. I think it's a go for several reasons. The first is that um, ARC are savvy enough to know that jump racing return to win, that its return to wins would be a very good PR exercise for them. Um, they will know that they are perceived in the racing community as being essentially pretty hard-headed business people uh, whose first priority is their shareholders and racing sits behind that in the pecking order and they will realize that so many of us remember uh, jump racing at Windsor the New Year's Day hurdle at Windsor uh, with great affection and so they will know that this is a, a public relations bonus on their part and that the racing community will uh, receive it very positively. I, I can't think of one person that I know uh, who loves horse racing who would not welcome this. The Cheltenham Festival Grade 1 Novice Chase entries were released this week and have dipped on previous years, especially from the UK-based trainers. However, the quality looks to be right up there, with Fernie Hollow, Bob Ollinger and Galapander Champ, all from Ireland, leading the way in the Arkle, Turners and Brown Advisory, respectively. Attendance figures since the lifting of COVID restrictions were published in the Racing Post on Tuesday and showed a dip compared to the corresponding fixtures in 2019, although some of the festivals, such as Cheltenham's November meeting, did manage to increase their attendance on two years ago. David Armstrong of the RCA didn't appear worried by these findings when speaking to Nick and explained why. Well, what you saw, of course, when people came back to spectator sport and including horse racing naturally, uh, from July, July, August, September time, was still a nervousness about attending public events. And that's been the same pattern you've seen in other sports as well. So it's not, it's not just racing. Yesterday on deadline day, it was confirmed that Robbie Dunn will be appealing his 18-month suspension for the bullying and harassment of Bryony Frost. And Lydia Hislop explained the appeals process in detail this morning. But here's just a snippet from her conversation about what this means. Once the notice of a appeal has been given, um, that, that appeal can only be lodged on, on very um, specific terms. You've got to identify the decision that you're appealing against. In this case, uh, Robbie Dunn's team is appealing against the finding and the penalty, not just seeking mitigation on the penalty. So they'll have had to have submitted a, a, a deposit and they've got to uh, say what the grounds for the appeal are, reasons why it would be substantively unjust to allow the original ruling to stand and where appropriate to apply for leave to present new evidence. So um, the point here is that 
appeal boards, uh, appeals of the of disciplinary panel decisions do not tend to be rehearings almost always. They're based on procedural or legal issues or the submission of new evidence. It's not a rehearing of existing evidence. The most recent leg of the Dubai World Cup carnival took place today and Charlie Appleby's rich vein of form has continued into 2022 as he took the feature group to Alfaedi Fort with Naval Crown, a four-year-old son of Dali Stallion Dubawi. The most dominant topic this week though has been tomorrow's big clash at Ascot between Nicky Henderson's Shishkin and Willie Mullins's Energamine in the Grade 1 Clarence House chase. Both unbeaten over fences, all week we've been hoping they'll both be declared and we look set for what could be one of the races of the season. Shishkin came through his vital piece of work last week seemingly with flying colours and Nick spoke to Nicky Henderson earlier in the week about his feelings ahead of this weekend. I'm kind of afraid that Willie did, that he probably ought to stay at home um, and keep warm. But um, listen, it's going to be we've got you know like always when we I want to go here rather than waste. And um, listen, it's going to be a fascinating race. Be, I think Kim Bailey's coming, isn't he? Yep, he's um, coming for last year's winner. Yep. Um, so it will be <laughs> be a cracker, won't it? David Minton has been Nicky Henderson's bloodstock agent for many years now and has been part of that two-mile chasing domination of recent years with the likes of Sprinter Sacra, Altior and now possibly Shishkin. So when Nick caught up with him this week, he asked him whether there were any similarities between the three horses and what attracted him to Shishkin at the Cheltenham sale back in 2018. Well, my I, 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 Nikki and I have been working long enough together now for since seven, 1978 that I know what he like, the sort of horse he likes. Um, Sprinter Sacker was a different story. He, he was amongst the job lot, and he grew into a lovely horse. He happened, Nikki happened to get three bay horses, all the same similar mould from Raymond Mould, and one of them was Sprinter Sacker. Um, then we got on to Altior, who's just a, a standout horse at the sales, walked well had a, an air of, you know, he had a great outlook and disposition and, and wonderful temperament. And then you got to Shiskin, who'd run it when his point of point in Ireland, um, who was also a similar type of mould of Altior, uh, I think you could safely say, because um, he walked well, he was an athletic horse. Um, and he, we bought him, well, I would like to say, a reasonably under budget, um, and uh, he, he looked the part of the sales, and it was what I, what I called it was a typical Nicky type horse. So when Nicky comes to the sales, he gets a shortlist, and uh, then we go through the, the few horses, and the, the, that sale there, there were about, I think, there were about six on the list for him because uh, we cut them down to that. So uh, it's just a case of knowing the sort of horse that Nicky likes and um, being lucky at the time. The Mullins camp have been pretty quiet this week about the chances of a Nergamine. However, this morning Lydia made the case for him and why tomorrow may be his best chance to shine. He has, um, I think, had a bar for uh, Shishkin Zarkel, a deeper test, I think I would argue, um, as a novice, or he was set to as a novice chaser. He beat Captain Guinness by eight and a half lengths. He was in the um, Irish 
Arkle at the Dublin Racing Festival. That was a, a deep and competitive race. And then obviously he won at Punchestown and comfortably accounted for Janadil. And you can argue by the time of the Ryanair novice chase that maybe it's end of term stuff and some other horses might be over the top. But I think these are horses that at the moment have very, very similar claims. I think if Enigamen is going to beat Shishkin, it's going to be here. I personally think that Enigamen might have an issue with tight turning left-handed tracks. So something like the old course, which is the host of the uh, Queen Mother Champion Chase, might cause that horse to have a bit, a bit of an issue. I think he'd be fine in something like the Ryanair on, on the new course. I think that would be fine. Um, so I think if th- this is where he has the best chance of downing Shishkin. And I think the gap between them is too large. I think they, they are pretty much, from what we know so far, the same horse. Of course, all the attention has been on the young guns. However, it's by no means a two-horse race. First Flow, winner of this race last year, showed his well-being in winning the Peterborough Chase most impressively last time out. And Nick got the thoughts of his trainer, Kim Bailey, on the task at hand this weekend. It's a fantastic race, Nick. And it's, uh, and it, uh, you know, if everybody stands their ground, it's going to be a wonderful spectacle. For, and it's great for racing. Do you see the presence of a horse like Energumen, for example? We'll talk about Shishkin in a minute, but a horse who is a, a bit of a trailblazer, a pretty onward-bound horse. Do you see, see him being in any way problematic to your chances? Well, at the end of it, I mean, first row has done it every way, really. I mean, you know, he won a handicap round there, having crashed through the first three or four fences and, and had to come from behind. Um, and he's also done it the other way round. So, uh, you know, he is what he is, and you're not going to change him. Um, it'll be, you know, if David Bass decides to jump off upsides in front, then it's going to be a furious pace, and it'll be, it'll be a question of who's still there at the end. But uh, um, the one thing with David and I, we we don't discuss tactics because whatever I say, he won't listen to anyway. Of course, we had this little bit of byplay before the Peterborough Chase, where you thought the horse would stay. David wasn't convinced he would stay, given the fact that he did stay two and a half miles, and and Saturday's race is two miles and a furlong. Given he stayed two and a half miles so well, do you think that'll give him the confidence to to be even more aggressive than otherwise he would be? Well, it, it probably will do, but having said that, there's only limitations of how fast you can go. So, um, and, you know, if you can't go fast enough, you can't go fast enough, and that's going to be the the, the, the big question, really. I mean, um, Willie's horse is a horse that's obviously got tremendous gears, um, and uh, um, we're probably not quick enough to go with him. I don't know. We're, time will tell. Uh, how do you read the, the big two, then? Who do you think's better, an argument or Shishkin? Well, I'm a huge Shishkin fan because I've seen more of him. Um, and uh, I thought his performance last time out, when he supposed he wasn't 100 percent right, was very impressive. Um, you know, he's done he's done nothing wrong in his entire career. He's a phenomenal jumper, um, and you know, Nico rides him with such confidence. Um, he's so like Algier in the many respects that he produces his horses to run like that. So, um, I, you know, they're they're big scalps and they're unbelievably good horses. I'm just very proud that my horse is even there, quite honestly. Has your horse got an even bigger effort in him than he's produced so far in his career? Well, he's 10 years old now, Nick. I mean, surely he's got to his peak by now, I would have thought. Um, you know, you said to me after, after his last run, you know, why don't you supplement him for the King George? I mean, I, you know, I, I think he will stay. And, uh, you know, this has been his target all season. You know, it's, it's wonderful to have a horse that, that can go back and try and retain his crown. But we've got, a, you know, we've got another race at Ascot in a month's time, which is over two mile five. And that, that'll be his next run, all being well. Uh, I noticed you were represented potentially in the Lingfield Winter Million this weekend. Two for Gold's name stood out at me. Yeah, I mean that's been the plan. That's been the plan to run in that race since they announced the race. Quite honestly, he loves soft ground. Two mile six is probably his right trip. 
um, and uh, yeah, it's a, it's a, uh, it's an extraordinary thing to have uh, um, that much prize money on offer on in a place like Lingfield. So it's it's very good that it's happening, and uh, um, you know the, the record of the race has shown in the past that it hasn't taken place this weekend. So it's, and it looks like it will be, which will be, it'll be tiring your ground, which will suit him. Joining Kim Bailey's Two for Gold at the inaugural running of the Lingfield Winter Million Festival in the Fleur de Lis Chase will be the ever-popular Dashiell Drasher, a game-winner over hurdles last time out at Newbury, and his jockey Rex Dingle, who this week rode his 100th career winner at Exeter, spoke to Cornelius Lyser as part of a great British racing call and started by discussing what Dashiell Drasher is like to deal with. Uh, you know, he's, a, he's a very likeable horse. He you know, got a great following with the public. He's quite laid back. You know, he loves being in front, even at home, you know, just walking around the roads, you know, marches on in front. He can be quite strong headed at times, um, but he, he always holds a little bit back for himself towards the business end. And, you know, he's very, very tough and wears his heart on his sleeve. You know, he's a great horse to be associated with and I'm very lucky to be riding him. And that, that last race, which was over hurdles at Newbury, it looked uh, like a beautifully judged ride by you, but he was clearly a willing partner to to do what you ended up doing. Yeah, I suppose I sort of just let him set the fractions. He's he's got you know on on heavy ground or testing ground. He seems to be you know he's quite a fast horse on that sort of ground, and you know on, on good to soft he probably struggles a bit with pace early early stages of a race. Whereas on heavy, you know he can he can cruise into a nice nice comfortable rhythm, and and I, I think that's you know, a key attribute to him. We, we've said you've just reached 100 winners. You're relatively early on in your career. To now be associated with a horse like this in a race like this um, as part of the Winter Million, uh, that must be, that must feel quite special from a from a jockey. You nod just at the contemplation of that particular question. Yeah, it's, it's fantastic. Uh, I'm at a stage in my career where you sort of need good horses to propel you to the next level. And by unseen circumstances dash has come along and yeah it's fantastic that lingfield have put this this winter million card on and um you know i'm very lucky to be part of it and what about this race on sunday two and three quarter miles heavy ground probably how, how is it all sort of coming together in your mind it's a very competitive race i think it'll be more of a test of, of stamina than he's had before um you know there's strong three milers in the race he's you know um, untested over three um, over fences so it, it, it's going to be a test of stamina I don't think I'd ride him any different I'll sit where I can travel and um, get him into a rhythm I you know hope you know, the, the ground is is in our advantage um, he's met with a couple before Master Tommy Tucker and you know they've had a few battles um, he's up against a few new opponents so it'll be interesting to see see where he stands Another runner in that race who will be hoping to put it up to favourite Bristol Demai will be Paul Nichols's master Tommy Tucker. And he gave a quick word on him yesterday, but started by discussing the hat-trick bid of Yala Enki in the Portman Cup at Taunton. Yala Enki going for the Portman Cup for the third year running. That's a great prize at Taunton. And um, we've kept him fresh for that since he won at Cheltenham. And master Tommy Tucker, again, I've always had this race for him in mind. I think the heavy ground... Um, and the track will suit him nicely. So, yes, a big pot that is. And I think Sunday will be all right weather-wise. Friday looks a little bit more dodgy, but I think Sunday will be okay. And, yeah, both those two horses are in good shape. A really good weekend of racing to look forward to. My money's on Shishkin, and Nick will be with you on Monday morning to discuss whatever the outcome may be. Thanks very much for listening, and enjoy the weekend.
you've been listening to Nick Luck Daily, brought to you in association with Fitzdares, the Racehorse Owners Association, and Thoroughbred Racing Commentary. Thank you.